bucket. Now not only am I supposed to give you a drink, I'm supposed to share my bucket. Are you going to take my bucket? This doesn't even make sense. How many of you ever just go, God, you don't even make sense. You're asking me to do something, and now I can't even mentally figure out what you want. Not only do I have all these feelings and emotions and limitations because of how I feel on the inside, now I'm slightly limited because I can't figure out my brain, my frontal cortex. I know some of you, not your frontal cortex, not completely developed yet. It's okay. It's not your fault. Just tell your parents that. (laughs) My frontal cortex is not developed yet. I am not responsible for decisions I've made up to this point. (laughs) This really worked well for you. You're welcome. So you're sitting there going, I can't quite even grasp what you're trying to get me to understand. Because not only am I limited by this area of my life, now I'm limited by this area of my life. And I'm trying to figure out what God is trying to say to me, what this person in front of me is trying to speak to me, when I can't get past my own limitations. Now it's just not the limitations other people have put on me. I have to realize I'm limiting myself. I can blame it on everybody else and all the circumstances in my life, or I can realize that I'm even limiting myself in my own head knowledge. So as we move through this passage of Scripture, uh, Jesus says to her, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. The water I give you will be a spring within gushing fountains of endless life. She looks at him and she's like, uh, okay. Give me that water. I don't want to track out here in the middle of the heat past all the whispering uh, women that I got to pass by, worry about all the men I might pass by to come out here and get the water. You have a solution for me that could literally solve my life's problem? Please. Please give it to me. Any of you looking for a quick fix answer? We live in a culture that's kind of looking for that quick fix answer, right? That somehow this one thing is going to solve all of our problems. And God looks back at her and he says, go find your husband. Isn't it interesting how God will show up in your life and he sort of turns your emotions upside down. Then he'll turn your head upside down. And then he'll sit in front of you and reveal to you the labels in which people around you have put on you. He'll speak to you in a manner in which that reveals to you that he knows how you've labeled yourself. He knows the limitations you're limiting yourself with. I think what happened in this woman was she got mad. It does not say that. This, again, is a Heather paraphrase of it. But in the message, it says, oh, so you're a prophet. I don't think she's like, oh, you're a prophet. I think she's like, yeah, big deal. So you're a prophet. Who'd you talk to on the way out here? Everybody knows I've had five husbands, and the guy I'm living with ain't my husband. So back up, bro. You don't have any new knowledge that nobody else has. I think she was frustrated. I don't think she was excited about this because she then tries to take him into, well, if you know all of this, why don't you explain to me this big theological question on where we should worship? Aren't you so glad that humanity has come so far that we're no longer labeling each other and we're no longer um, challenge each other on where you go to church or where they go to church or how you worship or how they worship and what's right and what's wrong and whether you should do it this way or that way. Aren't you glad Christians have come so far in 2,000 years that we're no longer judging each other based on how you worship and how they worship? Aren't, aren't we proud of ourselves for this? That we've come so far, guys. You should pat yourself on the back. But in this time, which I know is hard for us to relate to, they're still arguing over how we should worship and where we should worship. 
So in that moment of frustration and, okay, so you know something about me. Well, if you know so much, then answer me this. I find that when I'm struggling with my feelings, you see, the Bible doesn't say that grace by my feelings I'm saved or grace by my ability to figure God out I'm saved. The Bible says that grace by faith I'm saved. I talked to a young girl this last weekend, and she was struggling with the fact that she said, I don't think God can do anything in my life because I doubt what he can do in my life. And I really believe with all that I am that doubt is not the opposite of faith, but certainty is the opposite of faith. That sometimes that it's in my questioning and in my doubting and in my consternation of what God's doing in my life, that God actually reveals a deeper understanding of who he is and what he could actually do in my life. But if I'm certain on all of these things, then does that take faith? If faith is the things hoped for, but the evidence of not seen, then I really think that faith requires of me to not be so sure on how I feel and how I think, on the answers to these sometimes non-important questions that we ask each other. But to get down to the real truth, when Christ answers back and says, it's who you are and the way you live that counts before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their true selves. My challenge to you this morning is it is hard in the culture that we live in. And the five-second reels that we can throw on Facebook and Instagram and we can tweet about to really be true to who we really are. And the reality that sometimes our feelings fail us, that sometimes our minds, our knowledge fail us, that sometimes the church and the religious people bickering back and forth about unessential things about our faith fail us. But to truly Understand that all God wants for me to do is to stand in front of him completely, wholly, and who I am right now in this moment. That I'm not forsaken or judged by him because of the behaviors in my life, but that God loves me and accepts me for who I am right now in this moment. Broken and confused. The woman replied, answers that truth with this answer. I don't know about that. What I do know is there's a Messiah coming, and when he gets here, he's going to explain this to me. Any of you ever, ever get caught up in this idea of one day when? Sometime out there. When I get out of college, I'll, I'll figure this out. When I get married and I got a job, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with all this stuff. But God, right now, I just, I'm just going to do this. Sometimes it's a whole lot easier just to cast it out there in this happy, momentous moment that might arrive at some point and someday way far away and go, I'll I'll just deal with God and what he's trying to do with me on another day. But God wants to reveal to you who you really are right now in this moment. It says earlier in scriptures that such a time is this moment. That we're not promised tomorrow that we can't do anything about yesterday, but I have today. And can I live today to my fullest and best potential to what God has for me right now in this moment, even if I'm forced to sit through chapel? 
could God possibly speak to me in a moment where I'm being forced to do something? It wasn't through her knowledge of things. It wasn't through her emotions of things. It wasn't through her trying to figure it out. It wasn't even when God spoke truth into her life that she realized who she was. The Bible says the last thing Christ said to her is, I am he. I love the way the message says, it says you don't have to wait any longer or look any farther. I'm the one you're waiting for. The Bible doesn't say this, but if you read behind Bible scholars, they will tell you that this woman, this nameless woman, became one of the biggest evangelists known to mankind. That it was in the moment that God revealed who he was that she understood who she was. You see, you can look in a lot of places, you can look, read a lot of books, you can uh, try and figure out your feelings, but it's when you stand in the presence of the Almighty God and He reveals Himself to you that He is true love, begotten of the Father, that He was sl- uh, sent down to heaven to die for your sins, that He rose again and He's seated at the right hand of the Father and He will come again to save us all. That it's in the revelation of who God is in my life that it is revealed who I am. That I'm redeemed. I'm saved. I'm no longer what everyone said I was. I'm no longer just a woman from this place or that place. I'm no longer just a kid from Texas here playing baseball. I'm no longer just here because this is where I got the best scholarship. But I was placed in this moment and in this time because God has something specific for me. And I promise you, young people, you will figure out who you are when you come face to face with a God that loves you unconditionally, that is not worried about where you worship or how you worship, but just that you worship in the trueness of who you are. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, I just thank you for these moments that we've had to share together. Father, I pray that these young people, as they step out of this auditorium, that, Father, they would just come face to face with all that you are in their lives. Father, they would not just know of a God, but that, Father, they would have a personal relationship and encounter. Father, for the person sitting in this room that isn't even sure they believe in you, Father, I pray you arrest their hearts in this moment, that you turn their hearts upside down and you put a person in their path that will begin to talk to them and teach them all the ways of who you are. Father, I just pray a special blessing over each and every one of them. That, Father, you would reveal in them the feelings that might be hindering them from drawing closer to you. That you might reveal to them the mental blocks they have that are hindering them from drawing closer to you. And that, Father, by your supernatural power, you'd begin to strip away all the things that would hinder them from knowing you in a deeper way. I ask it in your holy name we pray. Amen.